0: What's the future of the opposition party in Africa? Does it have any chance of winning elections in a fair and proper way? First of all, in a phone call in 1991, the then president of Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe, asked his Zambian counterpart, Kenneth Kaunda, how he had lost elections that he had organized. Pokaunda had lost to the opposition candidate, Frederick Chiloba. So this essentially means that in Africa, if you organize the elections, then you must win those elections. That is what African incumbent presidents mean and believe. It's why, whereas to remove an incumbent president is a difficult task anywhere in the world. In Africa, it's even more difficult, because an incumbent president has all the instruments of power: the police, the army, the courts that can rule in his favor in case of an election dispute filed by the opposition candidate, as we saw recently in Ghana, where the opposition's Mahama lost to lost his case to to the President Nana Akufoado. So in this case then the opposition candidate to win fair and square according to the editorial director of National Media Group, that's the largest media company in Eastern Central Africa. According to Mutuma Maziu, he says in Africa the opposition candidate has not only to defeat the incumbent, but bury him with a million, millions and millions of votes plus. As, for example, happened in Kenya in 2001 and 2002. Perhaps the only peaceful transfer of power in Kenya since independence. But then, here's the thing there's practically no liberal democracy in Africa, it's a plural democracy. So the opposition differs in the ruling party not in ideology as in left liberal or right conservative but in the region and part of the country where it draws support from such that there are no ideological parties in Africa just as there are no ideological voters So that's why elections are flare up for violence in Africa for so it is seen as a tribal contest pitting the tribal allies against another. And this is the ban of democracy in Africa. We saw in the Ugandan elections in Bobby Wine, the singer turned, the musician turned politician. Yes, even though he was popular across the youth in Uganda, he drew his support majorly from the Buganda tribe while Mseveni drew from the rest of the western part of the country mostly. So this pitted the Buganda versus the rest of the country. And in Kenya in 2007, the election flare-up was among, was between the Kikuyu axis on one side who and other tribes in Kenya believe are benefited much from economic fortunes for the country has produced three Kikuyu presidents from independence. So, this comes with their tribal allies being able to harvest the fruits of being close to power, never mind that these fruits never flow. Directly to the Kikuyu water on the ground, and she's as poor as the rest of the Kenyans. And I guess that's the picture in all of Africa. So, and in Senegal, also, we are undergoing the same predicament as presently the opposition party strong candidate Sonko is being accused on Trump up rap charges. By the president in government, President Makisar who today has jailed and eliminated any person that seems even uh, that seems even a fly in opposing his leadership. So for the opposition, then I think it has to unite. It cannot splinter to take power away from. The ruling party, but more than that, we need ideological parties. We really don't need tribal contests, as, uh, elections of presidency. If we have ideological parties, then there will be we will debate on the best ideas to move Africa, Kenya, and Africa forward. I know for now that's a problem because for ideological debate on politics, you need a middle class that is strong, well-fed, and has the time and energy to engage in real ideological debates. But there is absolutely, there is a very thin middle class in Africa that's able to engage in such debates. No more than 20 million in the whole of Africa. That's about hundred thousand in every country, and that's such a small number in the overall scheme of things. So first of all, we need economic transformation to lift up the middle class to at least a per capita income of $10,000 a year, so they will have the time to engage, to read books about democracy, to watch debates about democracy. and some time to attend political rallies and do political activism and not view politics as that. So once we attain that $10,000 per capita income in Africa, then our politics will shift from one of tribe and personalities to one of ideology. Sure, every part has to have a colossal individual, even the uh, Republicans right now in America They are all around Trump because he's a dominant figure, but that does not take away the fact that they are still conservatives and believe in business, they champion business, minimum immigration that is merit-based, and a strong military, and government being as lean as possible. So, they still believe in those ideological values, even as, as they see Trump as a champion of these values. So, for Africa, then, even as our parties, our opposition parties, or our political parties in general, even as they are dominated by individuals and personalities, big man personalities, we must have either socialist parties or conservative parties to champion the values that we need and that's why the compassionate conservative party of Kenya we believe in compassionate conservatism that is we see business as the route to make capital in Kenya and capitalism as the means towards prosperity in Kenya and Africa and we believe we create Uh, 1 million successful medium enterprises in Kenya and Africa each employing about 50 people, that will be 50 million mid-class, well-paying, high rewarding and highly skilled jobs and we'll need at least 10 million more uh, 10 million, we'll need to import at least 10 million more workers to fill up those spaces so that will be through availing of a venture capital fund of a billion dollars. So that will fund 100,000 businesses every year. And you really didn't need that much startup capital. $10,000 is a lot of money in Kenya and Africa. And that's just what these app creators, the knowledge economy, software, biotech, carbon materials, Remember, Kenya is the most advanced non-mineral-based economy in Africa. We don't have minerals, we only have knowledge, ideas and capital. That's why our service sector is the strongest. Then if we combine that with agriculture to boost rural incomes and then some manufacturing, but that's if we lower the cost of power. Uh, We need to lower the cost of power by at least 10 times from the current figures. Because you see even like Cadbury uh manufacturing, many manufacturers have shifted base from Kenya to Egypt and South Africa where to Egypt and South Africa where they they get lower costs to manufacture products. So I think if we lower the cost of power then we will have vastly lowered the cost of doing business in Kenya and Africa and that's what we intend to champion as the compassionate conservative party of Kenya and we will field all candidates from presidential up and low the up from presidential all the way down the ballot to the member of the county assembly MCA seat so that's what we stand for and we believe in ideas even if we get one vote we really don't care we just want to act if we win yes but also tell these politicians that they are not the only ones who control kenya and africa that there are the young upcoming kenyans who can give this country the direction it requires a 100 billion dollar economy to 1.6 trillion dollar economy in just 10 years to merge the likes of South Korea, you even surpass that one because we have everything we need. And if these countries borrow their manifestos from Kenya, why should we be the ones that produce the manifesto yet be vastly underdeveloped? So compassionate Conservative Party of Kenya 2022 general elections voters in. Thank you.